Welcome, everybody, to episode six of the Inbound Sales Journey. I am your host, Ryan Herman, and I am joined by Gray McKenzie. And today we are going to talk about whether or not, as an inbound agency, you should be trying to target a specific niche uh, that you fit into uh, when doing work for, uh, for different companies. So, Gray, I guess we'll start with the first and maybe the most important question. Is it niche or niche? I think you're right on the importance of this question. There's no doubt that this is when everybody heard you say that, they're like, oh, which is it? You said niche. Did you mean that? And my answer would be yes. I say it niche. I know that other people say it niche, but uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with niche. Gotcha. I have to agree. I think uh, niche, I, listen to, I watch Shark Tank a lot. I don't know if you watch Shark Tank, right? Oh, but yeah. They're big fans of the niche on Shark Tank, and it just sounds a little bit pretentious to me. I think when I hear, I probably just offended half the people listening. Um, I think of quiche when I hear n- niche. <laughs> okay, thanks for sharing that. Well, on that note, I, I don't really that, like quiche. That was a seamless transition right into where we were going. <laughs> Speaking of quiche, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hop in here, Gray. Oh, all right. Back, back to it, folks. <laughs> Question number one. Find it, find it. <laughs> so uh, let's start with, with us and where we were in the beginning. Great. We like to call ourselves the digital yes men. And that was basically if people had a need and it was web-based, we would say, yes, we'll take care of it. And then we'd frantically try to figure out how to do it. And obviously we've come a long way since then. I'm assuming a lot of the people listening are uh, not quite that disorganized, but are a little bit more organized than that. But uh, we then got to the point where we started focusing on website design and inbound marketing, um, but we didn't really have a target group that we went after. We kind of just waited to see the different industries that came to us and kind of worked with everybody there uh, for a long time, really. So can you talk maybe, Gray, a little bit about uh, what that looked like when we started and then how we kind of decided to focus up and the impact that it's had? Sure. Um, yeah, so at the beginning, like you said, our niche was anybody who had a problem and was willing to pay to solve a problem. Uh, more or less, we did all kinds of different work. And that's what it took to get the business off the ground in the beginning. So a lot of social media uh, work, web design work, SEO, all kinds of stuff, hosting, uh, was a big component. It's still a service that we offer, but um, was a big component of what we did early on as well. So I think that there, um, in terms of finding a niche, I think that there are some people who come in and say, this is the niche that I want to serve. And that could be, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. We didn't, because we started straight from our college dorm room, Ryan, we didn't have a ton of experience. I had taken a year off between high school and college and had worked in the construction industry. And so when we started doing websites, the first place that I went, one of the first websites that I built for anybody was uh, for a contractor. And so that was kind of the first thing to turn to. And so I think that's something that is true for a lot of people where you just kind of go into, hey, I worked in this previous industry, that domain expertise translates well into me servicing that need. But that ignores a lot of the factors that go into picking a good niche. So I think that you can look at it and try and pick a niche from the beginning, which some people do. I think we fall more into the category of discovering the niche, which uh, if you listen to inbound agency journey at all, some of the, um, a number of folks, inbound owners, 
uh, agency owners who we've talked to there have talked about the idea of discovering a niche. Michael Redman from Half a Bubble Out, um, Ethan Giffen from Groove, and uh, and a number of others have mentioned just kind of discovering the niche. And so I think there are a couple things that um, that help you as you're choosing a niche. So eventually, what happened to us was we did um, a decent amount of work in the manufacturing and industrial manufacturing space and then also in the software and SaaS space. And that um, the the SaaS space has become one of our target niches at, uh, at this point, one of the target verticals for us at this point. And we've firmed up a lot of things on what size of an organization is a good fit for us what uh, what did the internal dynamics look look like? So there are a lot of different ways of defining that niche, and I'll just give you a couple things just so people kind of have a feel for um, what are some of the characteristics for us of a good client and what we're targeting. Um, typically, a company who works with us will have at least two million in annual revenue, and they'll be uh, between two and fifty million. Um, the we've kind of got. One package of uh, inbound offerings that are more geared towards the people who are kind of in that two to ten million dollar range, and then another one for the higher end of that spectrum. We're looking for a company who generally they're going to have at least a hundred thousand dollar annual marketing um, spend budget, and they're going to have at least one dedicated person in house to doing marketing. Someone who's going to be that marketing point person for us. Um, and, and on the upper end, that's going to be at least one person who is dedicated to digital marketing. Now there are some cases where we might be working with, uh, a VP of marketing. There are other cases, especially in a smaller organization where it's just somebody whose job is to manage, um, the marketing offline and online for a company, but we need to have one person who's a, who's a point person for us. So, those are a couple of the characteristics for us. As I mentioned, the manufacturing and industrial space, um, professional services is one of kind of the three, and then uh, software as a service is probably our, our primary vertical right now. So, does that help answer the question, Ryan? Yeah, I think that it does. Uh, so, when I talk with a lot of agency owners, um, when we're talking through the Do Inbound platform and stuff, and I'm asking them what type of industries they they seem to uh, gravitate towards, and some of them are very, very specific. But I would say more of them are not very specific, uh, but wanting to to become more that way. Um, and so when I'm chatting with them, more most people tend to do it where they kind of open themselves up to everyone, and then see where they find good results, and then they'll start to target you know, based on the results they saw for someone else. And that kind of helps because then you have, you know, maybe one or two good examples under your belt of we did this for this person in this industry so you can have some more success and it's going to make it a little bit easier. Um, but one thing that I hear a lot, Gray, is when people try to focus up and you bring on the right customers, there's going to be people that you're going to say no to. And giving up that revenue Trying to weigh, is that worth it to be able to kind of streamline your processes and go after a particular vertical? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, Gray, on whether or not you think that it's worth it to sometimes give up revenue to focus on bringing in the right customers and maybe some tips or, or what that process was like you know, for you as you and Andrew made that decision to try to focus in 
and if it was worth it from the results that you seen or if, you know, staying kind of spread is, is all right. Sure. Yeah. I think that's a great question. That's something that we walk through a lot in, in conversations with other agency owners is how do you do this? And the first thing I'll say is it's a delicate balance. There's no doubt about that because you need revenue to run an organization, but you also need the right side of the right type of revenue to grow and to achieve your goals. And so, um, there are times where you need to give up revenue. I think that you need to give up revenue in order to achieve your goals. Um, so here's the way that we looked at it with Guava Box. Once we decided we're going to become more picky about who we work with, and that's just something that we're going to do until we can't eat anymore, uh, with, you know, um, and be picky like this. We took all of the extra time that we had from talking to leads and working on projects with customers who weren't a good fit for us. And we spent that time doing marketing and in, um, in about 12, uh, 12 to 15 month period of time, we went from like 3000 visits a month to, uh, well over 10,000 visits a month. And then, um, actually the, the period of time was, uh, it was like nine to 12 months, um, leads went from, you know, like a hundred a month to like 500 a month. Um, and so as we increased our, you know, those numbers, um, that obviously brought in a lot more and we were doing focus marketing on a specific niche that obviously brought in a lot more high quality, um, leads for us and that translate positively to the business. And so you need to be willing to sacrifice some of that upfront, um, some of the revenue upfront and the time spent potentially selling things that are going to hurt your business. And you need to make sure that you're taking those resources, uh, that time and you're investing it in places that are going to pay off, um, down the road. So that would be my recommendation and how I'd answer that question. Yeah, no, I think that that's really good. Um, I think that your substitution is right on because if you're going to get focused, you need to focus on activities that are going to bring you the best leads in a, in a specific area uh, instead of just saying, well, we're going to start declining business, but don't fill that time that you would have spent, but reinvest it in, in stuff that's going to pay off for you in the long run. And I think that transitions pretty well you know, from a sales perspective. If you have someone working in sales, is your time spent talking to everyone and, and everybody uh, anyone and everybody, or is it spent focusing in on who you know is going to be a good fit? Um, so I'll dive into that, Gray, if that's all right, unless you have anything to add sure. before I hop in there. No, I think uh, maybe the one last thing I'd say here is that the, um, that I kind of skimmed over in the intro was just one of the main benefits of a niche is you're not relearning every everything every time, but you are also, um, over the course of your working relationships with clients, setting yourselves up for referrals within the same industry. And referrals are balling. Uh, they help out a lot. So that I think that definitely helps with the niche. So that's all that I would add is just that um, the referrals are a big part of why people wind up specializing in niches or are able to do that is because you're getting referrals into the same type of industry generally. So enough from me, Ryan. Talk to me about the impact that narrowing your focus has on sales. Yeah, so when I first came in, uh, we were moving in this direction, but we weren't quite there yet uh, in terms of figuring out, you know, the different, uh, you know, people that we 
really wanted to continue targeting. Uh, we definitely made some strides, but I think from a sales perspective, uh, it has helped me immensely to figure out this is a good fit and this is not a good fit and trying to make it as black as, and white as possible. Because when you do that, it allows me to understand who I should be targeting, not only following up with inbound leads, but if I'm going to be doing some outbound selling and I'm going to try to be making a target list of who to hit, understanding not only the industry, but some of the parameters, Gray, that you touched on before, you know, how much they do in revenue, what their uh, marketing budget is and things like that. And you might not be able to get all that information up front, but once you start to do it long enough, you get a really good sense. And there's some tools that that can kind of help you out. One that we use is Sidekick, which has, uh, you know, the ability to show us a rough number of employees that they have, the revenue kind of give us a gauge of what size company they are, because sometimes on a website, it can be a little bit more difficult to tell. But it also makes the qualifying questions a lot easier uh, to go through. So you can, instead of taking four calls, and then finding out that they their budget is way offline with what they're trying to uh, you know accomplish with you. If you've targeted in and focused in on some of those questions, and you know the industries that you're going after, you you know that the best way is to get to those questions quickly, which will help save time in the long run. Um, so it allows you to be more targeted in your outbound approach, but it also and we talked a little bit about education in a previous episode. The Picking up uh, not only inbound information, but industry knowledge so that as I'm speaking to, you know, people in, in the industries that we target, being able to, to kind of have that, that verbiage and that lingo to be able to speak with them adds credibility to me. Uh, and so that not having to relearn a new industry over and over and over again and have people tell me all about this industry I know nothing about and trying to take a ton of time to do research on the side about it. If we can keep it focused, stay within a certain vertical, it's going to make those conversations flow a lot easier. And it's going to put the prospect's uh, mind at ease that I know what the heck I'm talking about. And we've had success in the past working with similar types of companies and proving that we have good results for them. Uh, so I think that uh, for me as a salesperson, the focus that we've added has really helped quite a bit. Um, there's one other thing that I wanted to touch on um, that HubSpot put out. It's their, the HubSpot Good Fit Matrix. If you're just starting out as an agency trying to think about who you should you know, identify who inbound is going to be a good fit for, uh, HubSpot came out with a pretty good matrix, and I'll put that in the show notes, Gray, um, uh, after we're done filming the episode here. But that will give you an idea. Of, it's a little bit more broad, but it'll go through a sense of what should you be looking for in terms of budget, in terms of industry and things like that? And what are where do you start basically as you're trying to figure out what your niche should be, who's a good fit uh, for inbound in general, but then what are some ideas for uh, for some different verticals to go after? So I'll make sure that I link that as well because that was something that I went through and uh, Kevin who – um, you know, is our uh, channel manager for HubSpot there. He he gave me access to that. And when I saw it, that really made a big difference. And I passed that along to you guys. And I know that kind of helped us to gain some focus as well. Um, so I'll make sure I link those in the show notes there. Awesome. Good stuff, Ryan. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of resources around this and a lot of compelling reasons to focus down. Um, like Ryan mentioned, you can uh, kind of reduce the learning curve if you have to learn fewer industries, um, versus trying to be an expert at everything. And it also makes you stand out if, uh, you know, if I'm in healthcare and I look for a marketing firm and you happen to be a healthcare marketing firm, 
that's completely different from just, um, you know, your run of the mill marketing agency. And so I think that that sets you apart for sure, because there's a comfort level knowing that I don't have to reteach you my vernacular and the way that we talk about products. Um, so I think there are a lot of compelling reasons that Ryan got into, um, Ryan, a, a lot of people are going through the process right now. And I, th- I don't think, by the way, I don't think that this is something that just happens one time, but, uh, trying to figure out how to determine the right niche for their business. And I'm wondering if you have any ideas to kick us off and then I'll give you some of my thoughts as well. Yeah. So I think, um, I'm a fan and from, I think it's because I've been talking with all these agencies that have found success this way of doing it a little bit more organically. Uh, if you are going, I think, I, th- I guess it's going to pertain to more people. A lot of people, when they start an inbound agency, don't just have that one focus, uh, and create a brand all around there. If you do, you know, that's great. And if you started with that focus, hopefully that pays off for you. But I think it really should be kind of organically. I think that the best place to start is if you look back at all of your clients and, you know, maybe, or at least the, the past six months or the past year, and you look at the results of what you've done for different clients in different industries, thinking through why you had good success there, pick the focus on the ones that you had the success, and then think about that industry as a whole, is are there opportunities in there for you to be able to exploit and for uh, you to be able to start uh, maybe getting some referrals or, or really focusing in on on that particular uh, industry. So I think that that would be what I would suggest is look at what your history has shown you and then focus on what you did well and for which industries are worth the best for and then uh, and then go ahead and, and give it a try to, to start reaching out to whether that's just purely outbound or you know start that internal marketing to get some inbound leads in uh, and try to uh, focus up that way. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. That's where I was going to go first is, uh, look at, like, be analytical, look at the success that you've had and what are the commonalities between that and see if you can pinpoint a place. Um, also don't be afraid to ask for referrals from folks who you've had success with. Um, and I think that that is a, that we could spend a whole episode or a couple episodes just on talking about referral strategy. But if you've had success for us, having success early on in the manufacturing space led to um, a great case, case study and great story to tell clients. And it fits really well if they are already familiar with uh, the industry, the general application, and there are some similarities. I say the other thing is, as you're looking at those successes, see if you can figure out what are the things that are maybe in common between the places where you're having the most success. So for us, working in the manufacturing space is an area where there's not a lot of people who are doing it well. A lot of manufacturers, especially for us, one of our primary personas uh, was someone who's maybe a second generation um, owner, CEO of a family owned organization. And so this is, you know, things have always been done a certain way. There's a lot of um, traditionalism inside those types of organizations, but now there's a realization that things are changing and they're slowly catching up to uh, the changes in the, in the buying uh, process that have happened over the last 10 or 15 years. And so there's oftentimes not a ton of competition. It's a new way of doing things that can be really effective for them. Um, but there's also a high purchase price. There's a lot of education and relationship building and trust that goes into those sales processes. And so, um, a high ticket item 
where it's uh, there's a longer sales process, an educational process, a place with low competition, but where buyers are purchasing uh, using the internet to do their research ahead of time. That's a great opportunity for us and a space that um, that we've had success in. And so th- what other industries then does that apply to and do those principles apply to? And are there other principles um, that contributed to your success or to your failure? Figure those out and apply those. Um, so don't just go off of obviously still good ways to, to kind of find a niche or where do we already have a network? Um, what is my background in outside of just um, – marketing or uh, or inbound marketing, what other industries have I been in before? And I think that those can be helpful ways as well. But what you said, Ryan, um, discovering your niche, going back and kind of figuring out where we had success, I think that can be a powerful tactic for people too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say if you're just starting off and maybe you don't have any you know prior success to look at and try to figure that out, you know, start with something like HubSpot's Good Fit Matrix and things like that. And there's other resources out there and we can link some of those in the, in the show notes. But Really just kind of start with figuring out and doing the legwork up front. You have kind of a clean slate. So I would say invest some time to think through what some uh, areas that you want to focus on might be and start really building your marketing efforts around that uh, because you're just setting yourself up for success at that point. You're not doing the same you know, white paper about inbound marketing in general that kind of loosely applies to everyone that, that other people are. You're really getting targeted and in, in, in starting to become an expert in helping a, a certain industry and that'll make the sales process uh, that much easier for you. For sure. Cool. Good stuff. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in to episode number six of Inbound Sales Journey. If you guys have any questions, you're always welcome to shoot them our way. Uh, Ryan at doinbound.com, Gray at doinbound.com. Hit us up on Twitter. I am S. Gray McKenzie. Ryan is Ryan R. Herman. And until next time, we appreciate you you listening to this podcast. Um, just before we sign off here, we'd like to mention if you've enjoyed this and the other episodes and you're not yet subscribed, head over to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can find the link from the same place you'll find the show notes, which is at doinbound.com slash inbound sales journey. And um, we would definitely appreciate it if you feel very generous today. If you'd leave us a review on iTunes, helps get the word out about the podcast. All right. Well, until next time, keep up the good work and we will keep moving forward on our sales journey together.